The 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich has been talked about by people in many different ways, but first and foremost, she's the author of an extraordinary text, The Revelations, which is the earliest known text authored by a woman in English. Personally, she has been a friend and companion in my Christian life for over 30 years. I'm the Reverend David Simmons, Episcopal priest and oblate in the Order of Julian of Norwich. Thank you for joining me as we read and pray through the works of this extraordinary woman of faith and explore what she has to teach us about God's love. So hello and welcome to Love Was His Meaning, Chapter 6. Uh, as we continue in the readings of the uh, of, of the mystic Julian of Norwich. Uh, we'll begin with our little office that we begin this with. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Let us say the psalm together. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom I put my trust. He shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his pinions, and you shall find refuge under his wings. Faithfulness shall be a shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of any terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in the darkness, nor of the sickness that lays waste at midday. A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Your eyes have only to behold, see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, and the Most High your habitation, there shall no evil happen to you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder. You shall trample the young lion and the serpent under your feet. Because he is bound to me in love, therefore will I deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him to honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us say together a prayer of Julian. God of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are enough to me, and I can ask nothing that is less that can be full honor to you. And if I ask anything that is less, I shall always be in want, for only in you have I all. Amen. So, beloved, today we continue with uh, chapter six. Um, in the previous chapter, uh, two important things happened that that are uh, drawn upon in this reading. The first is uh, the the talk that that um, she has in the vision that things continue because God made it, God loves it, and God keeps it. So there's this idea of not only that God created the universe, but the idea that God continually keeps it. That it that the the um, existence of the universe is, is, is in some ways a, dependent on God's continuing will. 
which will always continue because God loves it. Um, the other thing to um, to remember from that is the prayer that we just did in the last in the last reading we had uh, that prayer from Julian that we use every single time, and that leads into some of the text in uh, chapter six. This showing was made to teach our soul wisely to cleave to the goodness of God. At that time, the custom of our praying was brought to mind. How for lack of understanding and recognition of love, we are used to creating many intermediaries. Then saw I truly that it is more honor to God and more true delight that we faithfully pray to himself out of his goodness and cleave to that goodness by his grace with true understanding and steadfast belief than if we created all the intermediaries that heart can think of. For if we create all these intermediaries, it is too little and not complete honor to God, whereas all the whole of it is in his goodness, and there absolutely nothing fails. For this, as I shall say, came to my mind at the same time. We pray to God by his holy flesh and by his precious blood, his holy passion, his dear worthy death and wounds, by all his blessed human nature. But the endless life that we have from all this is from his goodness. And we pray to him by his sweet mother's love who bore him, but all the help we have from her is of his goodness. And we pray by his holy cross that he died on, but all the strength and the help that we have from the cross is from his goodness. And in the same way, all the help that we have from special saints and all the blessed company of heaven the dear worthy love and endless friendship that we have from them is from his goodness. For God of his goodness has ordained intermediaries to help us, all fair and many, of which the chief and principal intermediary is the blessed human nature that he took from the maid, with all the intermediaries that go before and come after, which are part of our redemption and our endless devotion, endless salvation. Wherefore it pleases him, that we seek him and worship him by intermediaries, understanding and recognizing that he is the goodness of all. For the goodness of God is the highest prayer, and it comes down to the lowest part of our need. It vitalizes our soul and brings it to life and makes it grow in grace and virtue. It is nearest us in nature and readiest in grace, for it is the same grace that the soul seeks and ever shall, till we know our God truly, who has us all in himself enclosed. A man goes upright, and the food of his body is sealed as in a purse full fare, and when it is the time of his necessity, it is opened and sealed again full honestly. And that it is he who does this is shown where he says that he comes down to us in the lowest part of our need. For he does not despise that which he created, and he does not disdain to serve us even at the simplest duty that is proper to our body in nature, because of the love of our soul, which he has made in his own likeness. For as the body is clad in the clothes, and the flesh in the skin, and the bones in the flesh, and the heart in the breast, so are we, soul and body, clad in the goodness of God, and enclosed, yea, and even more intimately, because all these others may waste and wear away. But the goodness of God is ever whole, and nearer to us, without any comparison. For truly our lover, desires that our soul cleave to him with all its might, and that we evermore cleave to his goodness. For all things that heart can think, this pleases God most and soonest succeeds.
For our soul is so especially beloved by him that is highest, that it surpasses the knowledge of all creatures. That is to say, there is no creature that is made that can know how much and how sweetly and how tenderly our Creator loves us. Therefore, we can, with his grace and his help, remain in spiritual contemplation with everlasting wonder at this high, surpassing, inestimable love which Almighty God has for us of his goodness. And therefore we can ask of our lover with reverence all that we wish, for our natural wish is to have God, and the good wish of God is to have us. And we can never leave off wishing nor longing until we have him in fullness of joy, and then we can wish for nothing more, for he wills that we be occupied in knowing and loving until that time where we shall be fulfilled in heaven. And for this purpose was the, this lesson of love shown, along with all that follows, as you shall see, for the strength and the basis of all that was shown in the first vision. For all these things, the beholding and the loving of the Creator makes the soul seem less in its own sight, and most fills it with reverent fear and true humility, with an abundance of love for its fellow Christians. So, beloved, the, the first uh, thing that we have in here is we go back to that God of your goodness part of the prayer, because that's pretty much the theme of this entire chapter. Uh, the, the showing was made in order to teach our soul wisely to cleave to the goodness of God. And then she goes through, she first starts talking about intermediaries. You have to remember in um, medieval uh, piety, uh, people would have largely not prayed directly to God, but in a lot of cases, praying through intermediaries, the saints. Um, and what she, the point she's making here, some people make too much of this and say that she was some, she was against the praying the invocation of saints. She's pretty clear that that's okay. What she wants to point out is that the ultimate point that all, ever, all the goodness that the intermediaries have, uh, when and she lists off ones that would have been very popular in medieval devotion, uh, mostly to the Mother of God, to Mary, uh, to the cro Holy Cross, by His Passion, by His uh, His His Body, you know, all these different th ways to pray. They all come from the goodness of God. That's where the, the the source of all these intermediaries are. So she doesn't want us to get caught up in the intermediaries uh, to the point that we can't see the ultimate source of them, which is God. And that is really important, uh, that he is the goodness of all. And then the second point is where I get the title for the episode, uh, Stuff Happens. Um, this is a really interesting part, um, this talking about... Uh, the act of going to the bathroom <laughs> and and God's role in that. Now, this seems a little weird to us because we generally think of in modern piety, we tend to think of God as being uh, high and mighty and 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 separate. But uh, this kind of language was not that unusual, uh, especially in in literature at the time. Um, the especially in English literature at the time, uh, reach Chaucer's uh, Canterbury Tales, which would be a contemporary of Julian's. Um, but it's also found in um, in Jewish uh, Jewish thought. So let me. I'm going to start by reading a different translation of this one passage, and this is from uh, the actual uh, Middle English. I'm going to read their their actual translation in the side notes. A person walks upright, and the food he has eaten is closed as though in a very beautiful drawstring purse. And when it is time for him to excrete, the purse is opened up and closed again very cleanly. So there are two things to think about here. Uh, and first, I'm going to illustrate uh, the way that we think about this kind of anthropologically as, as ourselves as humans. The wonder, you know, this 
there's a, a prayer in in Jewish thought um, that is it's called the Asher Yatsar. And what it is for Orthodox Jews, this is something you say every time you go to the bathroom. And let, let me read this to you. Thank you, God, who formed human beings with wisdom and created them with openings and orifices. If one of these orifices were ruptured or one of them blocked, it would be impossible to stand before you and survive. Blessed are you, God who heals all flesh and acts wondrously. So this idea of wonder that everything works the way it does. And by choosing something as base as this, uh, it, it helps reinforce for us uh, how wondrous that is. That, it, that the, To think about the, the things that have to happen every day just for us to continue to survive. You know, um, not, not even the advanced stuff, not our economy, not all that. But how do we get rid of stuff out of our bodies? That's some, something to, to reflect on in, in the wonder of God. And it is not too low to be even thought of in, in that wondrous way. The second way... Um, is the way that Julian's going at it today and talking about the fact that God is present in those most base functions of our body. That, that God does not despise what he created, nor he doesn't disdain to serve us even at the simplest duty that is proper to our body and nature because of the love of our soul, which he has made in his own likeness. So the idea being that if God created, loves, and keeps us, that that we are sustained by the will of God. Therefore, even in this simple act, that is part of God's operation, that God is present in everything we do, all the way down to this. It's meant to be wondrous. It's meant to make us think um, in, in, terms of, uh, in, in terms of going, oh my gosh, this is amazing that God is, is, God is not just present when we're there at church. God is not just here while we're doing this podcast. God is not just while we're saying the Lord's Prayer at some various time. God is in every single action that we do, and God's creation, loving and keeping us, is there throughout all of our lives. Um, so that's that's that illustration. It's interesting, this illustration, particular illustration, we have two major um, uh, texts of Julian's long text. This is only present in one of them. Uh, the thought is that somebody may have decided that uh, this this wasn't appropriate and removed it from one of the texts, but I'm really glad that we still have it uh, because it gives us both that idea of the the God keeping us in our basest functions, and also that idea of reminding us of the wonder of of, of our creation and, and all the things that are necessary to keep us alive. Later on in this passage, she uses for the first time uh, this, this term for truly our lover desires that our soul cleave to him with all its might. She, she uses this term an awful lot. She talks about God, and specifically as the second person of the Trinity of, of Jesus, as being our soul's true lover. Um, a very, very intimate, uh, once again, a very base, a very intimate image, um, and something that she will use again and again, um, which you find in some mystics of, of the time, but she is particularly drawn to this, this image and talks about it a lot. Um, and we can never give off the longing. A lot of this language that she's using here, uh, wishing and longing and... and uh, these uh, stuff like this comes from the language of courtly love, uh, which she must have been familiar with um, at the time. This uh, the kind of the, the great chronicles and um, um, the great stories of courtly love, which we'll get into further. Some of her stuff really goes into this. So in Julian, you have these two different kinds of love constantly being talking talked about: uh, a very courtly love, a very polite love, and then also a very homely love, a uh, very very simple, very direct, and very intimate love. 
But the reason for all this, and it's, this is the last part of the chapter, for all these things, the beholding and the loving of the Creator makes the soul seem less in its own sight and most fills it with reverent fear and humility with an abundance of love for its fellow Christians. The whole point of this vision is to remind us to put less in our own sight. In other words, to, to inspire in us true humility uh, and to give us an abundance of love for fellow Christians. That's the point of humility. Humility is not just to make us feel less or to make us feel uh, like we're not worthy because that's not what humility is about. Humility is about putting us to a point where we're thinking about the needs of others. Um, and she, she says the entire point of this revelation is, is to teach us that lesson. And that's the, the, less, the true lesson of love. Let's continue with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I bid your prayers for all those on our parish prayer list. I bid your prayers for the people of Waukesha as we continue to heal. Pray for all those who are preparing for Christmas. I bid your prayers and intercessions at this time. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy Lord, the ground of our beseeching, who through your servant St. Julian revealed the wonder of your love, grant that as we are created in your nature and restored by your grace, our wills may be so made one with yours that we may come to see you face to face and gaze on you forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining in this uh, community of prayer today. Um, as Christmas approaches, tomorrow is, is, if you're listening to this later and don't know when we're actually recording this, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow is Christmas Eve. Um, so um, I, we won't do uh, Christmas uh, this on uh, the Feast of the Holy Innocents on the 28th. So the next time uh, we'll do this will be on the 30th, uh, one week from today, the sixth day of Christmas. Uh, so um, before then, I hope you have a, a Merry Christmas and are able to find a meaningful way to celebrate the season of our uh, Lord's incarnation. Until I see you again next time, take care of yourselves and God bless. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning today. This podcast is generally available twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
The text of Julian's Revelations used in this podcast is The Complete Julian by Father John Julian Swanson OJN and is used by permission of the Order of Julian of Norwich. The theme music is Julian of Norwich by Bombadil and is used under license.